0: Everybody, You are listening to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast, where we will be tackling real financial issues so women can eliminate fear and take charge of their lives. I am your host, Kimberly Davis, and I am the Fiscal Feminist. So let's get to it. Budgeting is going to help you to stop spending without purpose or intention. To stop that quick fix of immediate gratification that we all sometimes want to do right and once you sometimes do that quick fix and you get that instant gratification what do you get after it buyer's remorse so we don't want to go through that whole thing if you love yourself please make the time to do this and it's really going to allow you to have the life that you want so today we are going to be talking about the psychology of the budget why we don't like to do it, why we need to do it to be happy, and how do we do it. So this is a little spoiler alert about budgeting. It's kind of like if you are sick and you delay going to the doctor to get the diagnosis of what's wrong with you, sometimes you go just a little bit too late to the doctor to find that out. So a budget is sort of like that. It's a diagnosis of your financial situation. So think of it like that. So my question to you guys is this. Do you want to feel a sense of well-being, joy, contentment, and independence? Or in other words, do you guys want to feel happiness? In this podcast, I am going to unlock the key to creating a Zen mindset and the key to laying down the foundation for not being at the mercy of our circumstances, but being in control of our own happiness through intentional control of our circumstances. So the world has a way of sometimes just crashing in on our plan to be happy, right? There's FOMO, there's social media, which causes the FOMO, there's inflation, there's rising interest rates, there's world turmoil, And there's this constant deluge of information that's often inaccurate in the media that can cause us some stress, even though it's not accurate. So in my opinion, one of the main building blocks to happiness is to eliminate financial fear and the stress that goes along with that fear. So why do I think this? Because when we have financial problems, we're gonna feel stressed. And sometimes we're actually going to feel physically sick because of the stress that we're feeling. I know this for a fact because I was one of those people. I actually became physically sick, couldn't sleep because of my financial situation. And this lasted for years. I read a blog on the YouNeedABudget.com forum in which a woman said reviewing her family's finances actually hurt her physically, and her pain got to her so much that she just started to budget and educate herself about it. She had a lot of debt, and she just buried her head in the sand. And there was this little voice in her head that kept saying, you know, you need to attack this, you need to solve it, because you're actually feeling sick because of it all. So when we live in denial, it always comes back to bite us in the backside, always. And we have all done it, like I said. I was the queen of living in denial for a very large part of my life. I was in denial about my finances. I was in denial about a lot of problems in my first marriage. I was just in denial and I didn't wanna deal with any of it. And finances actually had a lot to do with the problems in my first marriage. And that's why I didn't wanna think about it very much. So I just didn't. And it was easier for me to hope and it would that it would all work out in the end. And of course it did not. And I suffered some really rough financial times by incurring a lot of debt without thinking too much about it, uh, not budgeting because I thought I always had something better to do with my time that was more fun or more interesting. And honestly, I was just being plain irresponsible. But my lack of knowledge uh, about our marital finances and then subsequently my own really, really did cause me some terrible moments and low points in my life. So why are we all in fear of budgeting? Why do we resist it so much? And the short answer is because we are human. If we don't like the facts of our situation, we prefer not to think about it, right? Or maybe we're just lazy or or delusional. I think I was delusional. But, you know, when you say the words to somebody shopping or going out to dinner or vacation, automatically, you know, we think, fun, oh my God, you know, let's go do that. That sounds awesome. But when we think about budgeting, a lot of times we think the words boring or tedious or just not a lot of fun. So this is the thing. Like with so many other things in life, we need to reframe this psychologically, right? A lot of what we do with money and how we approach our finances, it's all behavioral. It's all in our head. So a lot of what happens in our lives comes from up here. So we need to reframe this. It's actually quite urgent. For each of us to get, you know, our head around the fact that budgeting is actually going to be a means to an end, a means to the ability to live your life as you want and and do all those other fun things that, you know, you did, that you wanted to do, not to do the budgeting. So the budgeting is going to allow you to do those things. So we have to embrace that knowledge is power. And then we will want to dig into our finances. As Eleanor Roosevelt once said, it takes as much energy to wish as it does to plan. And that is 100% a true statement. Think of budgeting, like I said before, as the, as diagnosing an illness or just evaluating your, your, your financial situation like you would with a medical checkup for your health situation. And then you're going to take the appropriate steps to make sure that you're doing all the right things to grow your net worth and to get that independence to live the life that you want. And this will allow you to calmly tackle financial hurdles because you know that you've got some ammunition in your arsenal and you're not just winging it. Because if you don't have a budget, you will be winging it. So why is this so important? How will budgeting change my situation? What are the tangible benefits? So the first, in my opinion, is stress reduction. You're not going to worry anymore and stress over a disorganized financial life because you are going to be controlling your financial life and it's not going to be controlling you. It's going to increase your confidence and self-esteem in yourself by establishing this financial independence. And as I, once I got my act together and started budgeting and knew you know, what money was coming in and going out and I could get a game plan together, I started feeling a lot better about myself. So let me clarify that I do not mean when I say financial independence that you can retire at 40 and never have another problem financially again in your life. The way I define financial independence is it means the ability to live without financial fear during the ups and downs and the roller coaster ride of life because you are prepared enough to deal with these ups and downs without going into debt, sacrificing immensely, or skimping down to the bare minimum. Financial independence is something that you can achieve regardless of whether you're in a relationship and whatever your economic level is. If you can work within the parameters you have, you will be able to go to the next rung of that ladder. And I promise you that. It is the ability to live your life as you desire within reasonable parameters, to be able to breathe. It doesn't mean you never have to work another day in your life, as I said, so... But it might mean that you have the freedom to quit your job and pivot from your current profession and go into something else. Or you could start a business or go back to school, or you can, you know, do other things that you might not be able to do if you were not financially organized. So what you really want to do, and another benefit of budgeting is it will allow you to start building your net worth. So what is net worth? Why do we care about it? And why is that a benefit? Well, net worth, think of it like your personal uh, balance sheet, right? Like uh, it will be a snapshot of where your finances are at any given moment in time. And it's a very simple equation. It's what you own minus what you owe to others. This is pretty simple arithmetic, okay? So why do you care? Because net worth gives you a good indication when you track it of whether or not you're headed in the right direction. And in my mind, this is the key to all financial success. It boils down to what I'm about to say. So listen to this, because it's super, super simple. As you move forward in your financial journey, the goal should be to increase your assets while you are decreasing your liabilities. The greater your assets, the greater your wealth. And this is especially true if you have fewer debt obligations. So it's as simple as this, increase your assets while decreasing your liabilities. And that, my friends, is the key to financial success. Super simple. So what are, what is a good net worth? What do we all think a good net worth is? Well, Charles Schwab did a 2022 survey and they found that most Americans think that $2.2 million is a good net worth. They consider that wealthy. That's You would be considered wealthy in the minds of the survey takers. But to me, net worth is about the life and the experiences that you want to have and having the freedom to pursue those experiences, to achieve the life that you want. Don't compare your net worth to others because That's like saying, you know, uh, comparing whether I'm skinnier than somebody else or more beautiful than uh, somebody else, rich or poor. We, this is not, uh, helpful. And it really, you're, you're in your own world. You're competing with yourself. You're evaluating yourself and forget about everybody else. You want to use this net worth measure to measure your progress over time. So if it grows, then it means that you're making good financial decisions. And you're seeing the benefit through your net worth growing. You can use it as a guidepost because if it isn't growing or it's decreasing, it means that you need to change your actions and get your act together because your net worth is going down and going in the wrong direction. So how do you calculate net worth? Well, the basic formula, as I said, is you add up all your assets, all the things that you own that are of value and might provide income down the road, i.e., you can you know, convert it into cash in some way. And then you add up all your liabilities, all the money you owe to everybody else, and you subtract the liabilities from the assets, and bingo, there's your net worth. Pretty simple calculation, right? So here are some of the assets that you could include in your net worth calculation. The current market value of any real estate that you own, your home, uh, if you own rental properties, the cash value of bank accounts, Savings, checking, CDs, money markets, the current market value of your investment accounts (401ks, IRAs), or if you have a regular brokerage account, include all of that. The value of items that you have that are worth a lot, like antiques or fine art, vintage cars, uh, jewelry, a vintage, wine, or, you know, a, a fine wine co- collection. And then the current market value of your cars, your boats, your motorcycles, your um, motorhomes, all the, you know, those are all assets you would include in the net worth calculation. And then here's a list of some liabilities that could be included. Mortgages, your primary mortgage um, on your residence, or if you have a home equity loan or a HELOC, these are all things that you should include. Any other uh, loans on rental properties, credit card debt, personal loans from online lenders or financial institutions or anybody that lent you some money, student loans, whether they're private or federal, medical debt. Some of us have unpaid medical bills and we're on a payment plan. So that's a long, you know, it's a debt that we have to contend with. And of course, back taxes and liens. So if you owe back taxes and you have a payment plan with the IRS, you've got to include that because that's certainly a liability bankrate.com has a net worth calculator that will calculate your net worth for you once you fill in the relevant information. So check that out. It's very user friendly. Just go to bankrate.com, type in net worth calculator. It will pop up. It's gonna ask you some very simple questions and then it will actually calculate your net worth for you. So the benefit of doing this is if you methodically um, build your net worth over the course of your life, you can then not only live the experiences you desire without incurring debt, but you can also fund your retirement so you can continue to have those wonderful experiences in your retirement. So that all sounds good, right? So how do I do that? And I would say you can follow my five-step program to financial flourishing and the five steps are A, create a badass budget. Two, eliminate credit card debt. Three, maintain a good credit score. And that kind of goes part and parcel with two, eliminating credit card debt. Four, establish an emergency fund. It's very imperative that you have that. And then five, have fun saving and investing with any money left over after you do all of those things. These five steps will help you to control your financial life and establish the groundwork for financial independence and choice. So if you happen to have bought my book, The Fiscal Feminist, A Financial Wake-Up Call for Women, you can go to chapter five in my book, and uh, this will give you all the tools and all the steps in a very granular way of what you need to do to get those five steps accomplished. But I'm going to start with, today, how to create a budget. And you know again, budgeting doesn't have to be tedious or boring. And it can also be pretty simple, because there are a lot of ways to do it that take all the hard work away from you, which I'm going to get to in a minute. And again, I want you to think of budgeting as a form of self-love, of a a form of self-empowerment to get you to the life that you want to lead, so that you can go out and do all those wonderful things that you want to do. So it's a leading indicator of your future financial health, and it is your roadmap for financial independence now and in the future. So it's going to enable you to have a little more zen state of mind about your finances so you can go out and do all the fun things that you want to do. So the first thing you've got to do is get a picture of what your current income is and what your spending looks like now. So if you don't know how much money you're spending, you won't be able to strategize about how to marshal your resources to achieve financial freedom. You need to get a very clear picture of your income and a breakdown of all of your expenses, both short and long-term. So there's a really good rule of thumb that everybody, I think, should know, which is you should devote 50% of your income to necessities. That's the things that you need to live. 30% to discretionary items. Those are the things that you want, right? And 20% to paying down debt. Once you've paid down your debt, then you can devote that 20% to saving and investing. So, this is how you can create your your budget picture. Determine your after-tax income. So, how do you do that? You get a paycheck and you know you might have some deductions in there for life insurance, health and life insurance, 401k contributions, things like that. Add these back into your income so you can then track those things as expenses when we get to expenses and also savings if it's your 401k contribution. And if you have other income from side gigs or rental properties or any other types of income, include those amounts after taxes and expenses have been deducted from them to your main after-tax income. And then that's all your income, everything that's coming in, right? Then you need to create a list of all your fixed expenses and all your variable expenses. And you have to keep in mind that some people, we all... You know, we all have different uh, views of what's a necessity and what's a ne- you know a, what's a need and what's a want. So separating wants from needs can be a little bit difficult uh, because we all think about that differently, right? So my gym membership may be an absolute necessity to me, but to someone else, they may say this is not a necessity. This is if I can afford it after I pay my rent and my electric bill. So. Fixed costs, as I said, should ideally not be more than 50% of your income. And the things that would be included in fixed costs are housing, so your rent, your mortgage, property taxes, property insurance, your utilities, you know, gas, electric, water, internet, cell phone, all that good stuff. Your transportation, your car and gas and all the fuel that you need, groceries, insurance, your health insurance, your life insurance, your auto insurance, your mortgage insurance, any minimum loan payments you have to make so that you keep your credit in good standing, those should be part of your fixed costs Because if you don't make those, your credit, is, your credit score is going to tank. And that will have a lot of other bad ramifications down the, the line. So minimum loan payments to credit cards are a fixed cost to keep you in good credit uh, standing. And then child care or other expenses that enable you to go to work. Now, variable costs, um, ideally, again, no more than 30% of income are for your wants. So clothing, entertainment, going out to dinner, food delivery, membership to gyms and clubs, online subscriptions, travel and vacations, and any other cost that doesn't involve your basic living needs. So if for some reason you're having a hard time collecting all these variable costs and you simply get a firm number on your fixed expenses... Subtract that from the average of your total monthly expenses, and that's going to be what your variable expenses are. I mean, you might know what you're spending every month, but you're not exactly sure how you're spending it. So if you know what your fixed costs are, you can pretty much subtract that from all everything you, you, you know that you that you're spending and what will be left over will be that variable cost number so for example if you have fixed expenses equal to two thousand dollars a month and your average total expenses for the past few months has been around thirty five hundred dollars well then it looks like your variable expenses are somewhere around fifteen hundred dollars so total all your monthly expenses and compare them to your monthly income and this will give you a quick snapshot of where you are and if your monthly expenses exceed your monthly income, you are clearly living beyond your means. And you're either somehow subsidizing that difference by using credit cards, or you may be tapping into savings, but your income alone is not allowing you to pay for the expenses that you're incurring. So how are you gonna fix that? Well, focus on reducing your variable costs to save more. If that alone doesn't correct the situation, then you have to start looking at your fixed costs and see where you can start cutting. And you may have to make some very short-term, difficult decisions to align your income with your expenses. So maybe it means, you know, you're going to eat out less, or you're going to shop for your clothes in a cheaper place, or you're going to buy less clothes and beauty products and all that kind of stuff. Or maybe you want to increase your income that's one other way to fix it. You get some part-time employment or a side hustle or you pick up seasonal work or you might have to downsize your living space. You need to get more resourceful. I know for me, I had to do a whole lot of different things to get in sync with what my income or what my incoming money was. I had a lot of legal bills. I had a lot of credit card debt. And so I kept downsizing and downsizing where I lived until I finally got to a point where, where I was living in a place where the rent was actually allowing me to start hammering away on these other problems I had, but I had to make some hard decisions. I, you know, I had to sell a lot of furniture that I had in the bigger houses that I owned or I rented. And then I, I had to like move to much smaller accommodation for a long time until I got my act together. You know, was it my favorite thing to do? No, but you know what, once I did it, it was fine. And in the end, when I finally did get my act together, now I'm, you know, I'm on a much better trajectory and I've been able to upsize. So there was a light at the end of the tunnel. I just had to regroup, get another, you know, get my game plan in order and, you know, take some medicine, downsize, not buy clothes for a year. Uh, I had to do a lot of things and it and it worked and it was worth it. So I want you to remember that your budget is an organic monitoring tool, okay, It should not be done just once and then you forget about it. You should review it monthly or at least quarterly. It's not a one and done kind of thing. But there are a lot of budgeting apps that I think that make this very easy. So Mint is free. And basically with some of these, you're linking all your accounts, right? Your credit card accounts, your savings account checking. Through those links, it's going to monitor what you're spending money on. And it will tell you. Hey, you spent X amount on this this month. Why on that? It will help you do the budget. It will create the budget for you. You can put reminders in there when you're overspending because you can set limits and it, it, you know, you don't have to sit there with a calculator and do like a hand, uh, you know, handwritten budget on a, on a yellow pad. There's so many easy ways to do that. So mint is free. Um, you need a budget is a great app. Pocket Guard, another good one. Good Budget, another good one. You can look online. There's a lot of them, and some of them are very good. If you don't want to use the app, there are a lot of spreadsheets and templates that you can use. The Federal Trade Commission has a budget worksheet. Um, Excel Spreadsheet has a budget template. Google Drive documents have a budget spreadsheet and templates. And Mint also has a free budgeting template that you can tap into. All of these things make budgeting super easy, and especially with the apps where you link your accounts, they actually do all the calculations for you, and it makes it simple as just literally looking at your phone once you get everything inputted with the different accounts and linking them. So the upshot is this. If you know what money is coming in and going out, then you're on your way to budgeting, right? And budgeting is the foundation of building your wealth, of building your net worth. You know, so think of this again, when you are diagnosed with an illness, you begin to treat it. If you don't get a checkup, the diagnosis might be too late. So if you don't ever want to budget, when you get to retirement, it may not be a very good picture for you. Also, just in the here and now, if you don't budget, you might not get to do all the great things you could do if you budgeted and you wouldn't have to worry about incurring debt if you go on a vacation because you will have budgeted for it and you can go with reckless abandonment and have fun and not worry about that credit card bill when you come home, right? So budgeting is going to help you to stop spending without purpose or intention, to stop that quick fix of immediate gratification that we all sometimes want to do, right? And I want to do it too, so I'm not excusing myself from any of this. And once you sometimes do that quick fix and you get that instant gratification, what do you get after it? Buyer's remorse. So we don't want to go through that whole thing. If you love yourself, please make the time to do this. And it's really going to allow you to have the life that you want. It's simple math. It's just taking the time to do it reframing your mindset and saying, you know what? I really want to do this. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be the thing that allows me to go on more vacations, to have a better house in the end and all the things that I might desire because I'm going to budget and set forth a plan to accomplish that. I'm going to build my net worth and it's going to be an amazing thing to see. I believe all of us can do this. I've done it for myself. It took me some time. It was a little bit of a bumpy ride, but I did it and man, am I happy that I did it. If you like this podcast, please rate it five stars and also please subscribe to it. And I look forward to the next podcast and talking to you all next time. Thank you for listening today to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast. Please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. And I would really appreciate if you could also rate and review it. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at The Fiscal Feminist or check out the website FiscalFeminist.com.